0: And welcome to the much delayed and lengthyly placed on hiatus Dice Your Screen podcast. We're back. Ah. That's right. Uh, we've been out for almost well over three months, so we're coming right to you with some good topic tonight. It's Reform Friday, so be ah. prepared.
1: Oh yeah, we oh we got topic. We, <laughs> our our topic is so deep it's no longer merely topical. Yeah. Oh. Now on the other hand, Nan, is it good to be back?
0: Holy so.
1: cats! Okay, I I got so bored I statted out murder hornets. Okay, I that's
0: a good I, thing to stat out. I, I had
1: plenty of time to do it. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> Like my nightmares came to life.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Somebody read your fucking.
1: I'm just saying that, like, the the DM has it out for us.
0: Yeah. Somebody read your uh, nightmare sheets. So. It's like
1: 2020. I've been rolling nothing but ones, and the DM hates my guts because I owe him money.
0: (laughs) I remember when, like, 2020 was going to be a good year, you know, where you rolled two Nat 20s and it was just like, yeah. Yeah. Double crit.
1: No. Double crit against me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's double crap. Uh, so yeah, so uh, some of you have uh, asked how we're doing. We're doing all right. Uh, none of us uh, were down with the coronavirus. Uh, a couple of our friends were, and uh, they're mostly recovered. Uh, we ooh.
1: avoided them like the plague. Yeah, yeah I went there. I uh, did it. All right, too it's,
0: soon it's, it's,
1: out. it's out. It did that happened. It happened. Do so. No, but uh, seriously, they, they they did turn out okay. Uh, only a couple of people I know had real rough cases, but it did not end in, uh, any kind of fatality. So I'm incredibly thankful, uh, (laughs) that things worked out as well as they did, at least in our neck of the woods and special kudos to all the people out there taking extra steps to, you know, protect their fellow gamers uh, and their friends and family. Incidentally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we, yeah, we went, uh, full discord mode, uh, My Monday crew and now my Saturday crew is working on uh, Discord right now. I'm also moving into a new house, so all sorts of things are happening. Uh,
1: (laughs) There is much chaos in the creek.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) a lot of things going on. So anyway, we're uh, coming to you. We'll uh, get back to our regular schedule on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, But uh, tonight we're going to have a little bit of warning. So we're going to be a little salty. A little bit more than normal, and we're going to be a little feisty, so we're going to come out of swinging. But uh, more about that after the break. So, our much delayed and I hope highly anticipated return yeah, is at hand. So, oh, yeah. man. So, hopefully, you'll stick around for that. We're going to just go real quick into a break, and then we'll be right back. So, hang around, folks. It's going to get interesting. All right, and we're back. So, you were born.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had ample time. Uh, during the commercial, you could have made a run for it. Yep. Uh, so, everything else that happens after this, it's totally on you. That's right.
0: <laughs> uh, we're going to delve right into the heart of the beast, the meat of the matter. Yeah, we're going to talk about diversity in gaming. And uh, we've spoken quite a bit about how we feel about it, but there's been some changes coming. And, yeah, uh,
1: we, we did not do this as a formal topic per se. I mean, more like uh, an addendum to table etiquette and prep and working together and dealing with new arrivals. Yeah. I mean, we, we've touched. Reading this. your
0: table, taking temperature, all that good yeah, buzzwords. You
1: know, peripherally, we have addressed topics like this. But we have not jumped right on the topic itself. And this time, yeah, you know, it's the right time to do it because...
0: Well, you know, Wizards and Paizo and Chaosium have all come out with various support for Black Lives Matter, gay rights, and their support of diversity. Now, for a lot of people, uh, I think one of the big problems has been in the recent years is that it's become very uh, politicized. I want to use that word tenderly because it is isn't really politics to support people's rights to be who they are. And I think that's very clear on many points. But the point is that there was a lot of pushback on forums. The Pathfinder Facebook group um, had to purge like... I guess somewhere up to six, seven hundred people who oh. all went wild on their uh, reposting Paizo's uh, stance. And uh, even on the Gloranthin group that I'm a part of.
1: Really? The yeah, some quest? people
0: were, yeah, and the ca- uh, Call of Cthulhu, where they said that they supported uh, 25% of the profits from uh, sales of their books. were are going to go to the bailout organization and other uh, protest support groups. They got a lot of people uh, stirred up over that. And then on top of that, Wizards' uh, commitment to kind of steer D&D out of some of its problematic past and what is called legacy issues. Now, of course, what that means for a lot of people is, well, I'm not going to play in a game where my dwarf can't kick some work. But, hey, the pro-clutching, let it begin, okay?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up on this one, all right? Uh, with regard to the changes made for 5e and in coming books. Uh, what I understand is about to happen is the compromise that I had hoped for in the first place. Uh, since I am a pretty ardent fan of old school concepts uh, and having a connection to the origins of d I object innately to anything that, like, excises drow and orcs and things like that. Like, we're not going to have those anymore. I would be upset about that, okay? I would happily change camp and go, I am upset, I don't think this is a good call. What I wanted at the outset was, if if these are things that need to change as people begin to change their perceptions of them, Uh, you know, after the advent of Warcraft and the popular notion of the Orc as a, you know, potential player character um, and a valid culture, once this really took hold, it was only kind of a matter of time before the popular perception of the orc in gaming was going to be tampered with at some point. And let's face it, the Drowb had a rocky history. Okay, Some of it started off, I think fairly innocently enough, uh, drawn from mythos uh, pretty directly. Then it sort of veered off artistically and otherwise in the 1980s into a place that uh, I I think was, in fact, marginally racist and offensive uh, and even misogynistic. Uh, And then it pulled back out of that tailspin and, you know, things have been moving in the right direction, but the burn left over from when it was bad, is still there. So now here we have these two things that are looking at changes, but not elimination. And I, having had a glimpse of what the intentions are, I gotta say I'm not upset at all. Mm. Uh, nor am I intimidated because one, the material is not being excised from the game, and number two, my long-held principle that the DM by fiat is still the creative in chief at each table uh, is still in place. That that's just an unalterable fact of gaming. So a great deal of this manufactured panic. And breast beating is just beyond me. I I can't. You don't
0: get pearl clutching. Well, all right. right, right, There
1: there, there may be some pearl clutching in there. But uh, uh, the sirens are, you know, furious about their treasure, so they clutch their pearls Mm -hmm. Uh, and shriek. Well, I just don't buy it because having worn the old DM hat for a very long time, Uh, There is nothing really being put upon me like some kind of requirement or a loyalty oath. You can only run the game if you run it this way. No. No.
0: Yeah, you're still going to run into orcs as opposition. You're still going to have orc raiders in your game. You're still going to have drow, uh, sinister drow doing... Uh, Drow things. That's not going to change, folks. Yeah, uh,
1: still pretty evil, still under the earth, still working Major Magic Mojo and like working with illithid mind flayer groups and, you know, just those rival factions that sometimes come together to just make the humans on
0: the surface miserable.
1: All that is still there. So, uh, you know, zero panic on my part.
0: Right, but portraying them as absolutely uncharacteristically. Dark and evil all the time.
1: Uh, yeah, Let's refer to that uh, alignment as ludicrous evil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Honey, where are the children? I pledge them. Right. No, just, and Whoa!
0: <laughs> you know, if you want to play your draw like that, yeah, Wizards isn't going to come to your house or your table and stop that. But you should take a good look around and see what your players want and what they think. Because after all, you're in it together. Not only with your fellow players and other players, Potential DMs that may be up and coming.
1: I'm going to throw in some antecedents for both races too. Okay, I, I'm going to throw in the actual Vault of the Drow module uh, in its original form, um, not its tournament edition form, but in its you know right right De published edition the uh, the Vault of the Drow. Yeah, the Vault of the Drow. They had uh- they had a well there in Erelhai Uh was there not a spinoff? Of oh, yeah, it would have been d two, not the vaulted no nope, you're
0: right you're you're right on course d three okay
1: uh within the the area of the drow under earth outside their city, there were outcasts of other alignments oh inside the city too, yeah, and they were working like operatives, you know, trying to support one another so that they didn't all wind up dead, tortured, enslaved, things like that so the notion of there being Uh, a variety of opinions and standpoints among the Drow, uh, including, you know, reasonably honorable and fairly decent uh, individuals, that was already wrote. okay, that's Canaan.
0: Yeah, they they went around and uh, freed chattel slaves.
1: Yeah, I I don't have to, like, you know, start going to uh, R.A. Salvatore books later on. Uh, define this. The the antecedents for this come right out of the original modules, which really introduced the drow heavily into D&D. Uh, second example would be with regard to orcs. You go back to, like, first edition, 1.5, second edition. Uh, there were already antecedents for uh, altering uh, humanoids, having them uh, statted having them as capable of leveling uh, under certain conditions, ideally as NPC leaders or unique opponents. Uh, The notion was expanded upon in multiple Dragon Magazine articles. Uh, First off, the the religion, uh, giving the orcs various gods so that their clerics and shamans had different types of worship and different benefits thereof. Uh, then throw in the racial spin-offs, the, the farming good orcs that uh, <laughs> wandered off uh, and had a little society of their own. Uh, and, of course, the the Orogs, you know, which were more like a, a salute to the urukai. Right. Uh, but, point being, Variety was the name of the game, and there was never really a time that I remember... Uh, beyond the the really earliest origins, before I got my hands on some of the expanding material, only for a very brief window of time were these things fixed, absolute, you know, no other material was provided. That little window period came to a close and everything after that has been adjustment, growth, change, reinterpretation, and it's been going on for 35 years. So, it's just beyond me to get my nose out of joint. Uh, Right. Yet another iteration, yet another change. No. This is par for the course.
0: Well, gaming moves forward in reference to society, and we're seeing a lot of changes in society right now.
1: Yeah, honestly, the revolution in gaming that brought it back into the forefront uh, was the, I, I think, in part, the rise of the computer games, which, you know, were developed by computer users who were a very nerd-centric bunch, uh, and the early programmers and game developers and story writers who were developing, you know, game concepts, uh, they had such a close tie to gaming that...
0: Or tabletop gaming. To
1: tabletop true. gaming
0: right,
1: and to fantasy fiction literature that as a result... Uh, PC gaming, and eventually other platforms of gaming, uh, were pretty much biased. Now, as the popularity of those games spread, more and more people who did not normally have contact with fantasy fiction and science fiction and things like that began to brush up against the PC games and come down the rabbit hole and join us and nerd them. Uh, and it saturated pop culture to such a degree that Sooner or later, you get mega games like Warcraft. Uh, and once you have that enormous community of, of sharing, it's just impossible to you know, break it all apart into tiny little groups again. It can't be done. It's all part of one enormous gestalt now.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the big thing where when gaming has included more people, and especially not just women but other people different backgrounds and cultures than typically the white suburban guys that were playing it mostly in basements and in uh, groups. That's when the moment to awaken has happened. And some people brush it off as virtue signaling. Like, yeah. oh, you're only doing this to monetize virtue. Hogwash, all right? Um, yeah. I could have said much worse, but I'm trying to be nice tonight. <laughs> I spent five bucks a week to pay for
1: a token to use space uh, you know, and the, the token bought you like merchandise in store. But you know, I, I did that for a couple of years to play at a table where uh if you were white and male, you were in the minority. Did this upset me or lead to having a bad game? No, it did not. Far from it. Uh I yeah, this was part of the OSR origin story. At the, the moment of inception during the the Great Rebellion Against Fourth Edition. Uh, the return of first edition to comic book shops, and i I tell you what uh, we were we were there in stores, playing, uh, bringing those first edition books out where people could see them again. And the dynamic at those tables was nothing like it was in like nineteen seventy eight Yeah, okay uh, the intervening thirty odd years radically change the environment not for profit you know it, it's not like this is being a template that is being artificially placed over top of gaming to make somebody feel better no that was the reality of the boots on the ground um, you know the, the people who showed up with literally a satchel filled with books dice and paper and mechanical pencils and just funk okay who's here to roll some dice and that table was not like it was. And it didn't change my experience one bit. I had every bit as much fun, if not slightly more. Uh, <laughs> because I was, this time, freed of the awkwardness of being 14. <laughs> which, which is a difficult thing to go through, even at the best of times.
0: And again, just to bring it back up, uh, no one is removing the executive role the DM to help narrate a story that they want to tell. That is something I see a lot in this. And, you know, uh, the Pathfinder Facebook group uh, purged itself of several members. And I say purge in the way that like they just, anybody who was adamantly against uh, diversity inclusion message from Paizo itself was pretty much given a ban and a warning. Many cases, people who already had, or that were banned, were already well established as troublemakers. And often, uh, it was Crystal Frazier, I think, uh, that said that just a day after uh, this announcement that they they cleared a lot of the lists and memberships, that uh, they felt safe coming back to post in a open forum again, like a community of the Facebook group of the Pathfinder community. It's telling. That there's that much hostility towards people who are uh, trans, who are bi, and openly gay. Who are creators and who are developers. And create a lot of the things we love and like to play. And if you don't like them, well, okay. Nobody's saying you have to stop playing the game. But, you know, one thing you can do is not try to beat down on people. Punching down is not fun for anybody. It's not fun when a comedian does it. It's not fun when a game master does it or a DM And if you're trying to make saying that politics doesn't belong at the table while you're already using a political message to get your point across.
1: Yeah, I'm going to refer to my hero, George Carlin. How many times can you remember George Carlin just really launching a tirade and just opening both barrels on a bunch of broke people who are under the eight ball and just, you know, like nothing's going their way and like their society's bottom rung. Never Okay, that guy, he aimed all his criticism for power and how we perceive it and how we treat it and how we excessively respect it, you know. Uh, that's punching up. Right. That's why, you know, Batten, uh, if you've ever read the classical works of Voltaire, uh, (laughs) marvelous wit, Uh, did not spend most of his time focused on beating up, uh, People with no power, no wealth, no authority, no, no trappings of, of control. No, no, no. Aimed up, aimed at the sacred cows, aimed at things that, frankly, people were often afraid to criticize. Right. And uh, if you know a little about Voltaire, the guy actually wound up fighting duels in the street over this stuff because people would like pay other people, like, go pick a fight with this guy and stab him. So,
0: <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, Ted Cruz volunteering um, that uh, gym teacher <laughs> to go beat up Ron Perlman? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'll send a gym teacher to do it. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. That's a bit. That's a bit out there. But yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, you, the you point know, being you, is that like punching you know. down is not the way of the mighty warrior. Okay. That is. There is no heroism to be found. Uh, In
0: volunteering somebody else to take the beating.
1: Yeah. I, I find myself often at odds with uh, popular sentiment more than once because I'm just such a devil's advocate questioner of everything. But uh, I really don't have a lot of respect
0: for aiming down. Yeah, uh, I've kind of stopped a little bit in my uh, devil's advocate as well. It's, um, I think that uh, we've been a little too generous in some circles, and letting other voices have the floor because they very rarely want to relinquish it. Or when other people want to turn at it or try to point out the unfairness inherent to the privilege, they then get louder and want now to dominate the entire conversation. And And they're,
1: They're really good at the first part of the exchange, which is the part where they're allowed to make their point. Right. And then they're really bad at the like letting the other person make their point, uh, or you know actually responding to that. It, you know, it, it doesn't stay point by point for very long. It quickly runs off the rails.
0: Well, yeah, and uh, you you use a lot of uh, bad faith arguments and Shrum and policies to keep the conversation going, which and all you're doing is just covering the same ground.
1: I'm going to defend gaming in general in the sense that I really don't think that this is as important or as strong a subject as some people make it out to be, The internet is a distorted lens, okay? It does not give you an accurate picture of what's going on at gaming tables um, because the internet is principally dominated by the loudest voices. And mm. the center does not hold, you know, in the internet. It just... Um, the modest... The quiet, the unassuming, the well-intentioned, but, you know, not particularly aggravated. (laughs) They mind their own business, they go about their life, and you can't ruffle their feathers because somebody said a thing on the internet. But the factions on the internet that have a vested stake in appearing to be larger than they are, it's, it's like, you know, in the wild kingdom where the animal, like, fluffs its fur up, So that it looks three times its size by making, and then it makes loud noises, and hopefully the predator doesn't bite it in the butt. Uh, Well, that is a great deal what the internet is like, is that you will get the impression that these are two enormous groups of people uh, with this huge, you know, world-ending stake uh, over this discussion. I would actually encourage people to take a walk back for a moment and go yeah uh, okay that that is the loudest voices in the room but um I don't have a lot of empathy for the most insulting voices in the room uh you know if it if it drops down to you know blistering insults very quickly um uh, I have pretty much zero patience for that and Uh, To my way of thinking, it's not so much a question of free speech unless the government comes knocking at your door and puts you in handcuffs for something you said that didn't involve any violence. Uh, That would be a free speech issue. Now, people who own or manage a media platform, that's their property. Uh, Everyone is an invited guest, including me. And if I get told by the host that, like, you can't do that here, that's the rules of the road. Uh, I go over to, you know, my aunt's house. I'm not dropping F-bombs at the dinner table. That's just basically depends F-bombs. on who your
0: aunt is. But, well, uh, I, didn't,
1: I, I didn't say my uncle's house. Now, right. if I went to the uncle, you know, if we're going to go have a beer on the porch. There will be bombs dropped. This is going to happen. Be ready for it. And it's going to be okay, and it's also going to be pretty hilarious. Uh, but at my aunt's dinner table, that is not done. This is the kind of judgment human beings exercise all the time. So I I don't really characterize these removals of people as some huge violation. Oh, yeah, heavens no, if you did
0: that, uh, okay. You know, we're almost on to Popper's paradox here, you know, where to defend the rights of others to speak, sometimes you have to curtail the rights of those who are up to no good. I mean, that's paraphrasing a little bit, but let's get into the nitty-gritty of what I like to turn this around to, is that the other part of social media is also giving people a platform to elevate their voices and to be heard. Now, of course, this comes with also the double-edged sword of having their voice wanting to be the major opinion in the room and or gauging the temperature of the room by how many people side or like with them. I have this to say about... Good uh, point.
1: That is a facet of the Internet.
0: Yeah, that there is a lot of people that you can gauge whether where which way the wind's blowing. Now, sometimes bots and other things and, you know, tribalism intervenes. But I think that we're kind of past that at this point when you just want to say that, like, look, I think everybody uh, is fine with supporting Black Lives Matter in my group. I don't make a litmus test of it, but I think that also it says a lot about the people that I play with, that they're understanding that For a long period of time, there's been a lot of inequality and injustice in this land. We're not saying that nobody else's lives matter, or using the kind of straw man policy of all lives matter. Well, okay, yes, but at this point, the ones that are being murdered and cajoled and forced into silence, it's time to, to use our voices to speak up for that. And I think that Wizards is...
1: I would parse it a little bit differently. I I think Wizards has taken a responsibility. You're right, and
0: Paizo coming out on the side of these is saying that that they're supporting them is not so much of a political move as it is a human rights move.
1: um, If I were going to parse out where I stood, I might use slightly different language. Uh, I would... I would say genuinely that the exact thing... That I feel about all of this is that there should be no debate about people making it to a courtroom if they are not a major threat to life and limb. Like, you know, somebody running around in the active commission of a crime while armed uh, and dangerous. Yeah, that that's one thing. I, I totally get that. You know, very, very supportive of measures that deal with that. However, everything else can be settled in a courtroom. And you've never seen a riot about, Yeah, well, some people got arrested. Uh, it's always about some people died. Okay, now... <laughs> um, and it doesn't happen every time somebody dies. But it sure seems to happen a lot when somebody unarmed dies. Mm-hmm. And from a semi-libertarian standpoint here I I gotta say one of the things that offends me is that depending on what color people were in the incident people suddenly shift gears from being virulently anti-government taking human life you know it's not the state's decision you know the state isn't supposed to run around with a boot heel on our necks you know one minute it's that and then the next minute oh well they totally should have done that I have only one stance and it applies to every single human being, which is that if you are not a major threat, an imminent threat to life at that moment, there is no reason that whatever else has to be dealt with can't be settled in a courtroom. And that is the way things are supposed to be. The rule of law. You know, that this goes in front of a judge and whatever is appropriate will be decided there. Uh, People are not supposed to die over these things. And the fact that People have been lulled into somehow letting go of this one big elemental principle. That's very upsetting. Yeah, uh, It's upsetting to me. And it might not be the knee-jerk uh, pop culture reaction that you, you see on the internet, but I've had that principle for a very long time. And this is not something that popped up like two, three years ago when, you know, or five years ago or ten. Uh... I have more or less almost always felt this way as an adult in the United States.
0: Well, I think most reasonable people do. But and if the, we could
1: all just get to that state and say, okay, we really need to work on this. This is what we got to work on. And okay. I think that's where we're coming court-wide.
0: to. I think that is uh, a passage where we are coming to. And if using terms like Black Lives Matter insult people, well, I guess maybe you need to examine why that offends you so much. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's my end on it. I mean, we are here, we're two boneheads talking about gaming, and yet we have to talk about politics, because yeah. this is where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's been politicized. Everything is politics in this era, and we're not going to hammer home the political angles on every podcast. This is our big return. Uh, so we're, we're breaking open the piggy bank, and we're hitting all the big notes tonight. I'm going to do one more. This one was unannounced didn't share this with anybody uh, it's pride month yep. uh, and in accordance with that I'm coming out uh, at least as far as the podcast is concerned uh, for you know a very long time I've, I've long been out as uh, a gamer and it's <laughs> uh, and as a gay male uh, I was gay and a gamer so long ago that they had not yet combined the words. (laughs) Uh, But because it is June and it is Pride Month, uh, I am just going ahead and putting this on the table. So when I talk about diversity at a gaming table, it is as the person who has lived in both worlds, both in the... it was the 1970s and I was 100% in the closet Uh, at a table that was absolutely monochromatic. And I'm also speaking as the person who, you know, 40 years later, is at a gaming table where there are people from every walk of life, every stripe, every background, just uh, creed and culture mingling together, and everybody is laughing and having a great time. And... I cannot look at this and say, oh, well, this is terrible. Oh, my God, what a horrible development this is. Uh, (laughs) And I don't look back with hatred or contempt upon the times I had in the 1970s and the early 1980s uh, at all. I, I don't look back on them with, you know, any regret like, oh, yeah, that was terrible, too. No, no. Both states of affairs have been great to me. Gaming as a hobby and as a pastime has been incredibly rewarding and has built a huge number of friendships that will probably last the ages. Because certainly the, the friends I had in high school that were my fellow gamers are still my friends now. So zero regrets.
0: All right. Well, I think that says it all. Oh, uh, I'm happy that you've come out. I've known Mike for a number of years. We've kind of kept it an open secret here. He's kind of alluded to it, pinched at the uh, edges a little bit. <laughs> of I course, a little
1: fun. Yeah, if you, if you scan back through some past podcasts, there have been the occasional, you know, sidelong comment, uh, a little chuckle. But uh, no, it, it, it's an open secret because pretty much everybody who knows me knows how things stand. And certainly, if they've ever met, you know, my my former other half, uh, they figured it out quick
0: enough.
1: Mm-hmm. So, woo! But, uh, no, no, we we thought it was probably high time to go ahead and, you know, put these big issues on the table.
0: You know, there are some big issues on the table, and it's time to deal with them. And uh, anybody who's upset about our stance, uh, support for Black Lives Matter and our... Uh, the protests, and our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ community. Too bad. Tough tough toenails. I I, mean, if that's a deal breaker for you.
1: I'm not not even going to throw out a too bad. I'm going to actually say that, look, it's uh, been a pleasure entertaining you, uh, and I'm sorry to see you go. I really am. Because, you know, uh, I'm I'm not contrarian. I'm, I'm not inviting people to tell me how severely wrong I am on, like, long-held stances. I'm not opening the door to that, per se. But I am saying that if the worst thing that has happened to you is you heard something you didn't agree with, uh, as far as the curve of life goes, you got off light. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Mike is much nicer than I am. I'm a little bit more direct. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, but I love people. I have.
0: He's the rapier. I'm the battle axe. <laughs> I leave gaping, gory wounds of horrific destruction in my swath, and he goes right for the direct.
1: Uh, no, I, I I save it like a surgeon. You know?
0: Yes, you do. That's uh, a, it's a surgical tool. So surgeons
1: do not use. Claymores, so... I do. <laughs> oh, I do. He wields that claymore like a surgeon.
0: <laughs> oh, I wield it like a brutal weapon. But, uh, it, you know, I, I wield it like a weapon that does a lot of damage. Yeah.
1: Like a crazed Scotsman.
0: Well, I am. All right, guilty as charge. Braveheart. So... We appreciate you folks uh, listening in and uh, listen to us ramble on. We are coming down to our end. So, yeah, we'll uh, be doing more. Hopefully you'll be looking forward to it or much to your chagrin. We're just going to keep it up. So uh, we'll be back uh, Tuesday with some more topic. Until then, you have yourselves a great week. And may the the dice always roll in your your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. (music)